Bible study, uh, uh, our Bibles out today. We'll be looking again as we begin uh, uh, two weeks ago, studying the incidences of Christ's praying. And uh, we're uh, turning our Bibles and turn to Mark chapter number one, verses 35 through verse number 39. Again, if you have, if you still have the uh, the live stream up, you can uh, press on that top button. You can get the outline. I trust and pray that, uh, that perhaps if you have a, a tablet, you could fill in with your pencil and save it that way as a PDF, or you can uh, quickly go print it out if you haven't already done so. Um, I'll just be honest with you. We, uh, we've inserted that. Pastor James inserted that late. I sent it to him late. I completely uh, forgot since we weren't meeting that I was going to do that for you until someone reminded us, and thank you for that one that reminded us. Uh, to post that, and so we'll be trying to get it posted uh, before Wednesday evening uh, of next week, if, should we get through this. I'm not sure we will, but if we do, uh, we'll get it posted uh, for you. And I encourage you to print it off just like you would do at home. So at this time, I just want to remind you, if you're not watching by way of a cell phone, uh, to turn your cell phone off, turn uh, the TV off, unless you're watching by the way of a, a smart TV, and, uh, and uh, go ahead and put the dogs out, put the kids to bed, do whatever you have to do, and let's uh, go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Tonight we're going to be looking at, if you have your paper, the cloister of prayer. And this is the second incidence of Christ uh, praying uh, that's found in the book of Mark. Uh, Luke alone uh, only uh, mentions the occasion of the prayer, but not the prayer itself. That's why we're looking in Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through verse number 39. The prominent feature of this prayer, as I began to study this, is, is not what was said in the prayer, but where the prayer was at. You'll notice in your Bible, we'll read it in just a moment, the prayer happened at a solitary place. And our prayers of Christ refer uh, to him being alone in prayer. But this is the very first one to emphasize this fact that Christ went somewhere and prayed alone. Well, let's read in Mark chapter number 1. We'll get right into our Bible study. Mark chapter 1, begin looking at verse number 35 through uh, verse, uh, we'll just read verse number 35 down through verse number uh, 39 as a way of getting started tonight. Uh, the Bible says in Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 35, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next town, that I may preach there also, for therewith came I forth. And he preached in the synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do come before you this evening. We thank you for the wonderful uh, songs that we have sung and given you praise and honor and glory. How those wonderful hymns lifted our soul. And Father, I thank you for uh, the season of prayer that we had, Father, and, and the times of testimonies and blessings, Father. Oh, Lord, what a great joy that is. So, Father, now I come before you asking now, Father, that you would meet with us as we begin our Bible study looking at the second incidences of Christ praying. So, Father, as we look uh, and delve into the book of Mark, Father, I pray you'll find some truths for us today that we can apply to our life. So, Lord, we do love you. We do thank you. We seek to give you honor and glory uh, on this uh, Wednesday prayer and Bible study time. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen 
and amen. Notice, first of all, in Roman numeral number one, notice the spirit for the prayer, the spirit for the prayer. As we break down the spirit for the prayer, you'll notice, beginning in verse number 35, we'll notice that Jesus Christ had an earnest spirit, an earnest spirit. Notice what it says in the second part of verse number 35. It says, rising up a great while before day. You know, nobody will do much praying, or really nobody will do anything really worthwhile for that matter if it's not done with some kind of earnest dedication. If you want to get something done and you want to do it right, guess what? You're going to have to put some time and effort into it. You might even say this, that you're going to have to be dedicated to it. When I was in the United States Air Force, which I very proudly served for over 12 and a half years, I was a, what they would call a dedicated crew chief. I had an airplane that was assigned to me. It was my airplane. My name was on the sign, Staff Sergeant David Carroll. I was a crew chief, and I had an assistant crew chief, and her name was Senior Airman something, and her name was right underneath my name. But you see that I was dedicated to that airplane. When that airplane needed to work, guess who did it? I did it. When an airplane needed an inspection, guess who did it? I did it. When I had to get a wash, guess who did it? The senior airman did the wash. When he had to do the lube after the wash, guess who did it? The senior airman did it. Basically what I'm saying is this, is that when something was done with that, I had to do it. Unless I didn't like to do it, then the senior airman had to do it. Any of you ever been around in, in a workplace before know exactly what I'm talking about. But I was dedicated to that airplane. And that airplane was mine, and I knew my pilot, he knew me. Of course, other people worked on it on occasions, and other people flew the airplane, just not my dedicated pilot. But that plane was special to me. And I, I'm simply saying this, that if you're going to be uh, do anything worthwhile for the cause of Christ, you're going to have to be dedicated about it. So so it was, uh, it's always hard to get up early. Nobody likes to get up early. So you say, well, oh, you don't know me, Pastor. I get up early. Okay, let's say you get up at, we'll just round the number off, 5 o'clock. All right, if you get up every day at 5 o'clock, guess what? That's not getting up early. Getting up early would be 3 o'clock. And so no matter what time you get up, listen, unless you get up a few hours before that, it's not really considered to be early, although it might be early in the day. So when we think about Jesus Christ here, it probably was even hard for him to get up early. You say, well, how do you know that? Does the Bible say that? No, I don't know that, but I know this. He was fully God, but yet fully man, and he was touched with all points of our infirmities, just like we were. So guess what? If I get tired, you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ would have got tired. You say, well, how do you know that, that maybe it would have been a little bit harder for him to get up on this particular day? Well, if you just think back a little bit and look back in, in the passage, you'll find this, that it could have been a little bit harder for Jesus to get up early on that day because the day before was the Sabbath day. Now, the Sabbath day really uh, to us is it's not the same as our Sunday, but we can equate their worship on the Sabbath to our worship on Sunday. Don't misunderstand me. It's totally different, but I'm just simply saying you know what I'm talking about. And so it was a, a day that the Lord Jesus Christ went into the Sabbath. Notice the Bible said he taught in the Sabbath. I don't know about you, but when you're teaching something or preaching about something, all the study and all the preparation you do, and then when you do it, the release of doing that, man, it just kind of wears you out. So the Bible said he taught in a synagogue, but yet he did something else. The Bible said he cast a demon out in the synagogue. Now listen, I've never cast a demon out. I've never seen a demon. I don't want to be around demons. I want them to stay as far away from me as, as God allows for that 
to happen. But I do know this, that, that, that definitely it took energy and spiritual energy for him to do this kind of work. And if that wasn't enough, he cast out a demon. He taught in the synagogue. Notice what he did when he got back home. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. I can just imagine it now, boy, healing his mother-in-law. I don't, I don't know exactly what happened, neither do you, but suffice to say he healed Peter's mother-in-law. And then if that wasn't enough, the Bible went on to say that that night he ministered healing to the sick, and then he cast out even more demons besides teaching to the masses, teaching to those groups that were in the synagogue on that day before. So there it was, the Sabbath day, that Saturday, he was doing those things. Then on the next day, we find uh, the day after that he did all that teaching, all the healing, all the casting out of the demons. You would think a day after doing all that, you would think sleeping in just a little bit, not even a lot, just a little bit would have been an appropriate uh, thing to do. You know, a lot of preachers, uh, they like to take Mondays as a day off, don't they, Pastor James? You call them on Monday, they're nowhere to be found. They're on the golf course, they're out somewhere, uh, out shopping with their wife, doing whatever. I'm not putting them down for that, but I'm saying they like to take Monday off after a hard day at the office on Sunday, so to speak. But not Jesus. After his hard day at work, where do we find Jesus? He got up even earlier, perhaps, than he did on the Sabbath day so he could just pray. I think I'm simply trying to tell you this, that he had an earnest spirit towards praying. He was bent toward praying. He had an earnest desire uh, to pray. He was dedicated to this matter of prayer. Matthew Henry said this, When a Sabbath day is over and past, we must not think that we may intermit, or in other words, discontinue our devotion till the next Sabbath. No, though we go not to the synagogue, we must go to the throne of grace every day of the week. You see, back in those days, oftentimes they only had one service a week. And now we have a Sunday morning, Sunday night, and a Wednesday to help and aid us in our Christian walk. And he simply said this, just because you don't go to church every day of the week, he said, doesn't mean that you, that you skip going before the throne of grace. You know, it's not wrong to rest after a hard day's work. I mean, uh, if you do a hard day work, whether it's physical labor or whether it's uh, emotional labor or maybe it's spiritual warfare, there is nothing wrong with taking, uh, taking a rest uh, the next day after that. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ even urged his disciples at different times throughout the gospel to take time to rest. Turn over to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. I know you have your Bibles out. I forgot to tell you to get your Bibles out, but I hope you have them out. Mark chapter 6, and let's look at verse 31. And he came unto them, Mark 6 and verse 31, excuse me, and he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many comings and goings, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. You see, I want you to understand that it, it is not wrong. It's never wrong to, to stop and rest and come apart. Someone said this to me as I was growing up in the ministry. They said, David, you and Dana have to come apart or you'll blow apart. And how true uh, that is. Sometimes our, our physical rest must take a back seat for our spiritual duties. 
And, and, and the truth is, uh, the matter is, that has to take place. Uh, even though Christ urged his disciples to come apart, sometimes that physical rest has to take a back seat for spiritual duties. Like someone calls you at 11 o'clock at night and says, can you come over? Uh, I, I need to talk to you about something. My next door neighbor's here and they want to know how to be saved. Could you come over and tell them how to be saved? Uh, sometimes our physical rest must take a back seat for spiritual duties and that's the way it was for christ the day after his busy sabbath day and i suspect that christ needed uh, spiritual refreshment and he needed physical rest he spent a lot of spiritual energy and he needed to recharge so to speak and he knew that could only come through the power of prayer but yet you and i believe that if we just physically rest we could be recharged and refreshed but christ teaches us that it's more than just that as well. Godet says this in his commentary, The more a servant of God exerts himself in outward activity, the more needs there is that he should renew his inward strength by meditation and prayer. Jesus also was subject to this law. So Godet simply says this, that it's true for us, it was true for the Lord. He needed to come away and recharge, so to speak, and get refreshed. And even though Christ uh, needed both physical and spiritual refreshment, guess what he gave priority to? He gave priority not to the physical rest. If he would have did that, he would have slept in after that busy day, at uh, Sabbath day at the synagogue. But no, he gave his priority to spiritual and not the physical. A lot of people today uh, forsake physical rest to do a lot of different things. I mean, you could be dead dog tired, but a businessman uh, will skip rest and forego sleep and stay up late and get up early to prepare that big project or that big presentation that they have to make. Uh, many cut back on their sleep in order to work overtime. I mean, listen, if, if you work overtime, generally that means that you're working longer than you normally do. And so it, oftentimes it cuts into your sleep and you take care of the physical so it can provide you monetarily. Some people stay up all night. I've known people and have stayed up all night playing games when my when my children were growing up on Friday night, that was kind of their night, and, and they stayed home, and they played their, their Xbox and played their video games, and I didn't really care what time they, they went to bed, but they still had to get up at a decent hour. Saturday night was a little different. They had a little bit of a curfew, and they had to be in bed. Uh, usually, we were in bed way before they went to bed, but they had a time where they had to go to bed, and I told them this. I said, if you stand up till this time that we set for them ever, ever we see your eyes fall asleep or you yawn in church guess what you're going to bed when mom and dad go to bed so they probably put toothpicks in their eyes and took no dose so they didn't but uh, simply just saying this we do all kinds of things uh, and to forego our physical rest we stay up all night playing games we binge watch on netflix and you say i don't do that maybe you don't but i hear plenty of you do that you binge watch uh, on netflix maybe you find a good book and and you just sitting quietly. There's nothing wrong with reading, but you read and read and read, and you forego that physical rest. Let me help you. If you're willing to forego that physical rest for things in the long run that really aren't going to matter in the bounds of eternity, why aren't we willing to forego 
physical sleep and physical rest for spiritual things that will matter in eternity. Jesus was willing to give up some physical sleep after a busy day in the synagogue in order that he uh, could be recharged the way that he would want to do. And why aren't we willing to do that? Why aren't we willing to do that, give up physical things for spiritual things? I'm going to tell you why. Because it's not a priority in our life. That's why you won't do it. That's why you'll stay up till 3 in the morning to watch something on television or do Facebook or do whatever you do on the Internet or read a book or play your Xbox, but you won't even get up early enough to get to Sunday school because your priorities are not right. You're not dedicated uh, to the things of the Lord. Turn your Bible to Mark 12 and verse 30. I'll wait till you get there. Mark 12 and verse number 30. The Bible says in Mark 12 and verse 30, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Notice this. With Say it out loud with me so I can hear you. All thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Notice that. He says all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. I don't believe there's too much left for us not to give him. He says I want it all. And then in Matthew 6 and verse 33, the Lord says this, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You're familiar with that. If you read through that passage, you know uh, what he's speaking about in that matter. But I'm simply saying this, is that we're willing to forego physical rest to do things we want to do, but you're not willing to, uh, to, but you're not willing to get spiritual refreshment and forego those other things for that. If you're going to be successful spiritually, you're going to have to learn to earnestly practice this matter of spiritual maturity. That's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to have spiritual priority and say, I don't care what my physical body says. I'm going to do what's spiritually right and put a spiritually uh, right uh, priority on that matter. Well, I think we'll just stop uh, right here uh, for this evening. And so as we would close uh, for this evening, understand as we think about the cloister of prayer, or getting in a private place. Jesus went to a solitary place. Later the writers call it a desert. He went to a, a desert place. And while he was there, we understood the earnestness of his spirit, that he had a desire to get up early, a desire to go and pray with the Father. I trust and pray, particularly during this time, uh, uh, this, uh, this season that we're living in now with the coronavirus. Uh, I trust and pray that you would have a heightened desire, an earnest desire to fall in front of a, uh, your couch, to fall in your favorite uh, chair, fall on your knees or fall prostrate on your face and go before the Heavenly Father. You won't do it unless you're earnestly desiring to do it just like Jesus. He was dedicated to it. And I trust and pray that you'll be dedicated to it as well. Let's pray.